Day to my fellow dads out there, uh, we're have a, we'll do a couple things here. One, we just want to pray for us as dads uh, this morning, and then the kids are going to have a special treat for you guys. Actually, everyone's going to get it, but we'll serve the dads first uh, today, and so uh, we just wanted to recognize them. So, um, if there's a dad near you, maybe put your hand on them, and we'll pray for them and uh, just uh, lift them up to the Lord. Uh, here, because uh, we were we were talking before about uh, parenting and kids, and you take a fallen two fallen people and you make another fallen person, uh, and that's supposed to work okay. Uh, <laughs> and so it's always difficult; it's always tough. Uh, and we, you know, everyone's got their pluses and their minuses. Uh, but uh, we, as Laura mentioned earlier today, we have a heavenly Father where He is. Uh, the exact opposite where we have failed, and he is even so much better than we are at our best uh, as a father. So, uh, Lord God, we, we come to you, I come to you, uh, with uh, still the feeling of what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to father even now my adult children and, and my grandchildren? It is a monumental task. So, Lord, in humility, speaking for the other dads here and grandpas here, we, we come to you seeking your, your wisdom, seeking your self-control, seeking your uh, guidance as we interact with our kids and our spouses and, and others, other kids that we kind of adopt into our, into our hearts, uh, Lord, for the, just the, the, the way to bring truth, the way to bring grace and righteousness. We are utterly dependent upon you, Lord. So, uh, thank you, Lord God, for the reminder that it doesn't have to rely on us, but we can rely on you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, we are again continuing our series on the fruits of the Spirit, and today we're on uh, peace. Uh, and what that means, what it means biblically, it is a huge need today, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't take long just to look at the the headlines of seeing the need of peace between uh, nations, uh, perhaps peace between family members, uh, or just regularly, just good old peace of mind, uh, just to be a little calm. Uh, and, and it's not surprising, isn't it? The more our culture, the more the more people who are rejecting the Lord as Lord for their life, the more we're going to have discord, the more we're going to have, I guess, unpeace, if I can make up a word there. Uh, walking in the Spirit brings this fruit of peace, though, even in turmoil. But it is an issue. Anxiety is a big issue. I'm not, I'm not, we're not necessarily going to deal with the, the, um, the mental health condition of, of, of anxiety, uh, conditions and so forth, uh, but but acknowledge it. It is a fact. It's something that some people are suffering through. In fact, it's on the rise. In fact, the stats I saw is a third of Americans suffer from some kind of anxiety disorder. Uh, so we're going to look at that today, and again, as a fruit of the Spirit. Well, what, what threatens it? Again, you got the news. You got maybe personal bad news, things that come up. Maybe there's struggles with relationships or a financial struggle, 
You know, the car, does, the car doesn't start, the transmission's out, something happens at the house, and it's like, oh no, what are we going to do? Perhaps it's things like the kids' grades, or the in-laws are coming to visit, or even things of how many likes you're getting on Facebook could cause this anxiety. Uh, there are buttons that people have that where, boy, if this happens, they just kind of freak out. That's their thing. That's our anxiety button. Maybe you have one of those. Um, all these things, though, are external. And so, but peace is something that happens inside. The Greek word is irene, irene, and it means an inner response and quietness, even in the face of adverse circumstances. So it's an inner, I'm sorry, not response, I misread that, an inner repose and quietness, even in the face of adverse circumstances. Uh, it really defies, for the believer, it defies human understanding. Because everything could be falling apart all around us, but the believer can still have a peace. It is a tranquility of mind. So there are three aspects that we're going to look at today. And remember, this is a fruit. This is what we see, we should see, when we are walking in the Spirit. The first, there's three, three ways to, to consider peace from the Word of God. The first one I'm not going to spend much time on because we just did. Uh, if you remember what, maybe a month ago we did uh, the names of God and we looked at Yahweh Shalom. Do you remember what the word Shalom means? Peace. And so we see it is a very character of God. It's something related to him. But it is one of the aspects. So just briefly, peace with God. That's one way to consider peace. Peace with God. Romans 5.1. As we've been going through the book of Romans on Tuesday nights, uh, we, Paul talks about just this horrible, horrible amount of sin. Everyone's sinful. Everyone's done bad. No one's done good. And it causes a dissension or a break in the relationship, an unpeaceful relationship with God. But because of the work of Christ, Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, in other words, we believe in the sacrifice of Jesus, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's from him, isn't it? It's all a God thing. It's not our works. It's not what we've done. We just believe what he said. Uh, and so because grace and the work of Jesus on the cross, people can now have peace with God. We were just discussing this earlier today in my own life and thinking back to when I did not know the Lord, just full of full of bitterness, full of wrath and anger, full of apathy. I didn't care about anything. And then to, to believe him for what he said, it just, I woke up the next day and I thought, something's different. I didn't understand what it was at the time, but something was different because I was now at peace with God. Another passage, real quickly, Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's a reconciliation. Nothing can alter this peace with God. Is the believer is can be secure in that. So that's peace with God. That's Yahweh Shalom. So, but listen carefully because here's the second way to look at peace: not peace with God here, but peace from God. Let's camp here a little bit because God can give us peace as we are walking with Him and walking in the Spirit. Uh, one of my favorite Bible stories is Peter 
walking on the water. You know that one where here the fishermen are out on the Sea of Galilee and the, the waves are coming up, the wind's coming up. These are, prof- these are guys who know boats and they're scared. So if they're scared, wow, it's bad because they are threatened by this storm. And Jesus isn't with them. He was kind of dismissing the people and he sent them on ahead of him. And so that was a little weird because I think he meant to do this. And here he comes walking on water. Not at all normal. One of the big miracles of Christ. And Peter shouts out, which I don't want to be real critical of Peter, but it was kind of a dumb question. If it's you, Lord, command me to come out of the boat. Now, what if it wasn't Jesus? What if it was someone that was like a real stinker? When, when he said, yeah, sure, sure, Peter, come on out. Yeah, but that's why I think it was, a, it was a silly question. But I want to give him credit. Because out of all the 12, he's the only one who left the boat. So let's give him that. So Peter comes out and he's walking on water. I wonder what that felt like. Did it tickle? What, I mean, what was it like to walk on waves? And he's seeing Jesus and he's like, this is so cool. And then all of a sudden he starts to take his eyes off Jesus and goes, these waves are really high. You see, notice as he's walking on water, the waves and, and the wind is still going. He is still in a place where there's chaos all around him, a very unpeaceful situation. But as long as his eyes are on Christ, he's at peace. Well, the, if you read it, you know the rest of the story. He takes his eyes off Christ. He starts looking at the waves and the wind, and he starts to sink. Gives one of the shortest prayers on record, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches down and touch and grabs him. There's a great picture I've seen online where it, it's the view of Peter looking through water <laughs> at Jesus reaching down, kind of smiling and pulling him out. You have little faith. You should have kept your eyes on me. And then Jesus calms everything down. So the point of that story is, is that even though there was chaos going around him, you could walk on water. You could trust him. Uh, let's look at a, again, a key verse for peace with God. And, and as we read this, I want you to remember, it's from Philippians. We did a study on this. This was written by Paul in prison. So he's not in an ideal situation. He's not on a beach in a lounge chair writing this letter. He's not on vacation. He's in prison. And here's what he says about anxiety and peace of God in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is the kind of peace that God makes available, peace from God, when we're going through a difficult time, where we're going through a trial. God has the answers for, his, for our troubles. Sometimes he doesn't tell us, but he does know what we need to do. His silence is, does not mean his absence. I can't remember who quoted that. But Paul says, look, let God know. And it, it might sound kind of trite. Someone's going through a difficult situation and, and we're, well, you could always just pray. Just pray? 
That's what we do first. That's what we do primarily. That's going to God who could do something about your situation. Doesn't, there's no promise there that he's going to change the situation at all. He might. He might bring uh, an answer or a solution to the issue you're dealing with right at that moment. Or maybe never. Or somewhere in between. But, but what he does promise here in this passage is when we bring our, our prayer. And he, he says it uh, in several different ways. He's he, mentioning prayer. He says everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is asking. It's a form of prayer where you're saying, like Peter, God help me. Help me. That's asking. But also with thanksgiving. So no matter what God says, there is a spirit of thankfulness, a spirit of worship. I, and I love the way he kind of Paul plays a, a play on words here. And it's, um, it comes out also in English as well and in, and in the Greek text. But it's, there's, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. You see kind of that little, don't, don't put anxiety towards these issues, these trials, but pray about all of them, each one of them. Bring them to God. I was with a group of pastors this week. We, we've been meeting uh, starting just in June for prayer, to pray for our valley, to pray for each other's churches. And we're going through the Psalms. And so we just started. So we're in Psalm 3. Psalm 3 was written by King David when his son Absalom was chasing him out of Jerusalem. That's a big deal. I mean, his life's threatened. His own son is the source of the threat. You know what David does? He prays. He goes to God, and there's a great verse in there. You could read through it. I can't remember the exact verse number. It's maybe, you know, a dozen or so verses total. So, but, but he says, in the middle of it, and I slept well. I'm paraphrasing. So even though his son was chasing him, his life was in danger, he's being betrayed left and right. I slept well. Go to God, bring it to God in faith, in prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. If anything, rejoice in the access. You have someone you can go to in that trial. You're not alone. But here's the result. He says, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. And I know I've I've had that experience where there'd be there's an issue, there's a problem, some of them long-term issues, and you can't explain it. And you bring it to the Lord, and all of a sudden it's just whew, okay. Okay. We still don't know what to do, but okay. We're good. I could sleep tonight. And to be honest, sometimes we have to do that again and experience that, or it's hard. I'm not trying to say that our trials are small and trite. They're, they're not. They are real. But God says, look, come to me in faith, and I'll guard your hearts and your mind. And then he, he describes that piece a little bit more. He says it'll surpass your understanding. It'll surpass your understanding. Some of you know our friends uh, Chuck and Diana Ryder, uh, who were, they were part of Zion when we first started back in 07. And Diana, Diana may be coming to see Jesus soon. She's, uh, uh, she's been very sick. And that's what I've been praying for them, that the peace of God would, would, the peace of God would 
overshadow them, even in the midst of a great loss in their family. But God can do that. God can do that. Um, another verse, if you want to look at later, 2 Thessalonians 3.16. 2 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you. Okay. Peace can come from God. It's sourced in him. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you want to look at more about peace from God, you could also look at Romans 8, 5 to 8. Romans 8, 5 to 8. Uh, it, also, it emphasizes the connection between um, the Holy Spirit and peace. So we have peace with God, peace from God. There's one more way. We're going to look at it here, and that's peace with others. Romans 14 is talking about, I want, let me, before we read the passage, let me tell you what he's dealing with. He's talking about what are called disputable items, where believers are debating over, I would say, peripheral issues, not core issues of doctrine. You know, the, the things we hold, the, you know, the, the atoning death of Jesus, the resurrection, the physical resurrection of Jesus. Uh, you know, the Trinity. These are, these are central God doctrine things that are solid in Scripture. But then you go out a little bit, and there's some things where different churches and different Christians will have debates or disagreements over. And then even farther out where you talk about even, even less, and maybe not, I shouldn't say unimportant, but not as critical as those center things like how often do you celebrate the Lord's table you know, not, they're just discussion items. But there are some things, there are some practices. There are some people say, well, I will never do this or that. Uh, and others say, no, it's okay. There's a disagreement over uh, a particular action or item. So Paul's talking about these things throughout Romans chapter 14 into 15. Uh, and here's what he says. So yeah, these disagreements... For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. I'm in Romans 14, 17 to 19. Because they were debating over what they can eat and what they can drink. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. But of righteousness and peace and joy. I looked at that last week in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. So there's, you're, we're going to have them. I've had them. I'm sure you have too. Of these peripheral issues, don't get hung up on those. Seek to have peace with your brother or sister and acknowledge, you know what? The scriptures don't really tell us how we should view this particular issue. Some of them have to do with food and drinks. Some of them have to do with music. Some of them have to do with uh, uh, the, you know, what you have or don't have in your church building. There are lots of different things that believers can discuss and debate and go back and forth on. But Paul says, look, recognize those things where there's just honest debate. And maybe you won't, disagree. Maybe you won't agree. Maybe you'll have to agree to disagree, as they say. And that's okay when you have peace. He's not talking again about those central issues of doctrine. Those we hold is true. All right. Uh, you could also look at 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Paul encourages them to live in peace, work 
for peace. Uh, it's not just the absence of conflict, but it's, it's really moving towards uh, one another more and more at peace with each other. As we grow toward the Lord, think of it like a triangle. As we grow toward the Lord, guess what? We automatically grow toward each other. It's the same kind of thing as we're pursuing him. Uh, uh, Ephesians 2.14, he himself, that is Jesus, is our peace. Uh, And Paul specifically talking about the difference between Jewish people and non-Jewish people in that, in that chapter. And he says, guys, if God could bring peace between those groups, he could bring peace between anybody. Um, finally, uh, Ephesians 4, 1, it's middle of verse 1 to verse 3. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you've been called. Okay, if you're a believer, walk in that manner with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Those things go together as well. All right, let's review a little of these and ask the big so what question. So how do we experience these? Well, we mentioned the peace with God. Just remember, you can't earn it. It's just our belief God gives it. Don't even try. But we can keep short accounts with the Lord. If he's revealing something to you, if you read something in the scriptures, you hear something on Sunday morning, you hear something in a song you're listening to uh, on, on Christian radio or, or just some other, some other influence in your life and you think, oh, I need to work on that. I need to confess that before the Lord. You don't have to wait. You could do it right where you are. You can keep a short account with the Lord, especially during the Lord's table when we are celebrating it. One of the purposes of the Lord's table is for us to kind of say, God, do we, is there anything I'm missing here? Would you reveal it to me? I want to be right with you in my heart. And then when it comes to peace uh, in trials from God, we may have to ask him repeatedly. And sometimes The only thing we can do, and I shouldn't say the only thing, the best thing we can do in the middle of a storm is just worship. You say, Lord, that doesn't make sense. I know. But bring it to him, as he said, in prayer. We've mentioned it before of keeping a nevertheless attitude. God, this is happening in my health. This is happening in my family. Nevertheless, I'm going to praise you. World doesn't get it. World doesn't think, like, what, what's God doing for you? Even the enemy is going to make step in and say, ha, huh, what's he done for you? What's he done for you lately? Doesn't matter. Nevertheless, I am going to praise him. I am going to seek him. Step out in faith. Listen to him through his word and through others. If you're struggling with the emotions of that trial and that difficulty, I encourage you to look through the Psalms because they often give expression to what we are feeling. You're having a problem with a conflict with with your, maybe even one of your children? Can I mention Psalm 3? There's one right there that will give expression to maybe how you are feeling. As we've been saying, if you've lost your peace, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. 
So if you're thinking, you're saying here today, going, I don't feel very peaceful. Well, let me be bold and say, maybe you're not walking with the Spirit. Because it's one of the fruits of walking with the Spirit. And what does that mean then? To walk in the Spirit. We, we, we've used other analogies, other examples. It ideally is we're, we're, we're seeking him. We understand that he's with us. And I've just, I've always known, I've always known the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not the force from Star Wars. Even though we talk about his power and he empowers believers, he definitely does that. But the force in Star Wars is impersonal. It's an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. And so even sometimes I've prayed to, you know, Jesus, have your spirit come and, and empower me and comfort me. You know what? I could just ask the spirit himself because he's a, he's a he. Spirit, comfort me. Spirit, give me peace. He's like having another person near you because he is. Let me give you an example. Years ago, oh my, my goodness, maybe 1988 or so, Trish and I were preparing to go from California up to Portland, Oregon to go to school. And I had an old Datsun 1200. You remember those, Ryan? And boy, I've never, you know, let's get, you know, let's tune it up. Let's, uh, it had a distributor cap and everything. Um, let's tune it up. Let's get, you know, change the oil, flush out the radiator, that kind of thing. Get it ready for a big trip. Get it ready for a colder climate. And so we did that. And so I did all those things, started the car and drove maybe, I don't know, a couple hundred yards and it's running horribly. And at the time, we were, we were with Trisha's parents and just staying at their home as we were getting ready to move. And I pulled it back into my father-in-law's garage, and I said, Dad, this isn't right. Something's not right. So we're checking, you know, did, I, did we not plug in a spark plug or something like that? And then something told me to, to check the oil. And I pulled it out. Now, if you know what oil looks like, it's, it's a kind of a clear amber when it's brand new, Right. This looked like coffee with cream. In mechanics terms, bad. Because that meant the water, the radiator water and my oil were mixing. There's a thing called a head gasket that had blown out. You know what I'm thinking? I need a new car. And I didn't have the money for a new car. My father-in-law has torn apart engines like since he was a kid and he just blithely says well let's pull the head what that's that's a big deal let's get started he brought out a a blanket or sheet and he and he had a whole bunch of of old muffin tins and every, whenever we took something off, it got placed on the sheet in the order we took it off. And he kept the bolts and the nuts and the washers and all the stuff in the tins. And, he had, and we came out and all of a sudden we're pulling the head, the actual head. It's just a big, if you don't know what it is, it's a big chunk of metal, all right? And we pull this thing off and there's water in number four cylinder, about that much water. And by, so if you know internal combustion engine, combustion means fire 
fire and water just don't go together. So we got it, we got it fixed. And this again, 1988, it was a, um, uh, like $2.50 to get just the new gasket that we needed. But it took us several nights to get, you know, all that work done, do it carefully. And then it's like, okay, now we got to put it back together. Put the new gasket on. And, and again, Dad, I'm, I'm oh, this is going to work. It's like, don't we need a torque wrench? And Dad goes, I have a torque wrench. He was like Sears. He had every tool <laughs> imaginable. So we're, we're putting it all back together, and everything's going back in. And, and, you know, had to change the oil a couple times to get all that junk out and all this stuff. And we drove it a few more years. Because you know who was with me? was a guy who knew how to tear apart engines. Folks, we're going through life. You know who's with you? The Holy Spirit. He knows all about life. How do we do that? He's got it. Yeah, but he's, 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 he's helped people for generations. And you're not the first one to go through what you're going through, by the way. So, like, I had this car expert with me. You and I have the Holy Spirit with me. He's a person. You get it? See how it is? And when, and when, when I saw how good Dad was with taking apart and putting it back, the engine back together, I thought, ah, this just might work. Holy Spirit is even greater than that. We obey his word. We seek his face. We listen to him. That's what walking in the spirit means. As we're going through the trials of life, it's just saying, okay, I don't understand, but I know you got this. You are with me. Lastly, with peace, restore and maintain peace with others. It assumes like all the other fruit that we've been looking at for the spirit. It assumes that we're interacting with other believers regular contact, not forsaking the assembly. I'd encourage you to raise the value of church in your heart. And I don't mean just Sunday morning, although that's certainly included. But I mean one another as believers. There is that contact there. Our impact with one another in our lives is significant and it's biblical. If there's someone Another believer, whether they are part of our body, our family here or not, I encourage you to seek reconciliation if it's at all possible. And it does, it requires effort. It requires effort between even spouses. It requires efforts between parents and kids and one another. Remember, Paul says, work toward that peace. Do the things, say the things that help maintain peace. Avoid those sharp judgments or sharp comments uh, and, and lead with love, especially when it comes to a confrontation or maybe there might be some kind of ouchy moments. I encourage you to lead with love, lead with understanding, lead with the idea that you might not have the, the, the whole story. And another little thing, and this is, this is not specifically from the scriptures, but I can tell you it's, it's practically helpful to preserve peace. And that's this issue of courtesy. Please and thank you. It's important among us 
to do that. And you know what's also important? It's important within families to say please and thank you. And let me challenge parents here because we want our kids to do that, right? What do you say? Please. What do you say? Thank you. Hey, you know what, moms and dads and grandparents? We should say them too to our kids to model that. Instead of take the trash out, please go take the trash out. Whether they obey you or not, that's another issue. <laughs> but it, but it's, re, it's relevant for all of us. It's relevant when we go uh, interact with people around our community or go to a restaurant or, or at the store. Pleases and thank yous help preserve a bond of peace. It's just simple courtesy to do. Express gratitude to one another. When, when we help and serve one another. Compliments is, are nice as long as they're sincere. And the other thing to help preserve that peace, again, this is a natural fruit that comes out of walking with the Spirit, is to pray with one another. Not just say, hey, I'll be praying for you, but really be praying. Really be praying. Let's um, pause, let's pray. And there's a few things we want to we try and remember as we're praying together out loud today, is first of all, pray, praise God for his peace, even though I, maybe you're going through something, or you feel a certain way. And then with, along with that, God, I bring my anxiety of fill in the blank to you, O oh Lord. Might just be a one sentence thing you're praying today. Or maybe there's peace between groups or individuals and if you don't want, if it's not something that's appropriate for the large group, then um, please be vague. <laughs> but maybe, or maybe peace between countries or, or other individuals. Let's praise God for his peace and pray about it. So if you would like, as we usually do every week, go ahead and pray out loud, and then I'll close us in a little bit. Lord Jesus, you told your disciples, and it applies to us as well, that it was good for you to leave because you would give us the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We don't need to pray you into our, pres into our presence. You are with us now. And you're with us and alongside us through the issues of life. God, and I confess there are times when I, I push you away. I'm so caught up in the, in the anxiety and the issue that I, I push away the very one who... Uh, wants to grant me peace. So Lord, I confess that and want to uh, trust you in the storm, to walk on stormy water, to have that peace that surpasses all understanding, to trust you. You have this. Just like my father-in-law had tearing an engine apart, had with, with, not, not, not worried about it at all. Lord, you, even far beyond that, have the life and the issues that we are facing. Of course, we're going to have storms. We are fallen and we live in a fallen world. But, you've, but you, Holy Spirit, have been left for us as an inheritance for the saints to put our faith in. And Lord, I, I, I bring you the, the anxiety of, of not knowing where there, is, where there are health issues, mental health issues, and not having clear answers. Lord, that you would um, remind me that you... You are with us. You will bring uh, through uh, these trials, maybe not in this life, 
but down the road. But nevertheless, Lord, I will trust you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Tom, did you have to mention something? Okay, all right. Um, just a few announcements as uh, our worship team comes back up. Uh, I mentioned earlier our Tuesday night life group. It's not meeting this Tuesday. <laughs> so uh, come here if you want and, and join each other. But uh, it won't be meeting this Tuesday or at, at the Rupp's household. Uh, the other thing is Kids Camp, when it, uh, that's coming up. It's going to be in July. Appreciate all of you who've taken some of those cards back there to help support the camp. If you haven't done that and you were planning to, we're, we got maybe two or three more weeks of those available for gift cards and for um, uh, serving and uh, uh, scholarships for the, for the camps as well. Uh, there also is a need, uh, they wanted me to mention, uh, for counselors for boys, for boy camp, for the guys there. Uh, so if you're available, you want to go and help out at uh, Little Mahoney Camp with, uh, with that, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, two other things. The budget vote for our next fiscal year is next week. But summer being summer, maybe you're not going to be here next week. You're already planning. You're going to be out of town. If you are a covenant member and you wanted to, uh, and you know, oh, I'm not going to be here, then go ahead and, and see uh, the counter back there at guest services. We have the ballots now. So you could do it now if you already know you're going to be out of, out of town. Okay? So that's available. Uh, the last thing is that I mentioned with for the dads, and actually, again, it's everybody, uh, but the kids, remember we are talking about walking in the spirit? So the kids are going to make us walking tacos, guys. So it should help us remember to walk in the spirit as we're walking with a taco. Um, but then after the dads are served and everything, we'll have enough uh, for everyone to have one. So I uh, hope you enjoy those. Appreciate Kids Zone Ministry doing that for us today.